Take back your soul. This is another transmission from Mahadeva here at ThunderWizard.com headquarters, where you find the world's only unified spiritual energy system at ThunderWizard.com. Get ready, because here I come. Yes, indeed, here I come. This is Mahadeva, the Thunder Wizard, and this is the Thunder Wizard podcast. Uh, just trying to see if this podcast is going to go anywhere. So if you're liking it, make sure to subscribe and let me know that you're enjoying the podcast. So, um, and again, uh, this is uh, the only place in history and currently on the planet where you can find the unified energy system that I teach, which includes the secret Taoist magical system of opening up the lightning center within the heart. For more information on that, go to thunderwizard.com and look for Warrior 90 Day Lightning Qigong. Also check out our YouTube channel, thunderwizard.com, thunderwizard, D-O-T-C-O-M on YouTube. And a new YouTube channel called Mahadeva Speaks. You can look for that on YouTube as well. All right, so here on the podcast, what we do is I talk about all the stuff that I can't talk about on YouTube. I actually try to get my podcast kicked off of various podcast sites. I've already been warned once by LinkedIn, because I here on Podbean, I have my podcast, and Podbean sends it out to you know, pretty much everywhere, including LinkedIn, for some strange reason. Who listens to podcasts on LinkedIn? I don't know, but apparently they do. And LinkedIn has already warned me once, so I'm actually trying to get them to to block me because then I know I'm actually talking about real things. So since uh, I have nothing to lose with this podcast, I'm actually trying to get banned off of various podcast sites. And whichever ones allow me to say whatever I want, then I know uh, where I can speak the truth. And of course, this will be uploaded to Odyssey as well. So you can go to my channel on Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, and then look for thunderwizard.com, and you will see all of my YouTube videos because they're mirrored on there, uh, even the ones that continuously get either blocked or banned or deleted by YouTube. So if you want to see my true YouTube channel, you can go to odyssey.com and look for thunderwizard.com. So I'm going to look at a bunch of different things, things that I've been wanting to talk about, uh, things that I've been noticing. But the bottom line is this, you know, I'm fairly new to this new awareness of the world that we are living in a dystopian nightmare where the media is completely lying to us. The media is owned by the same people who own the drug companies, who own the governments. Um, we really are being completely programmed and lied to on every possible level. We do live in a world where elites from both China and the United States, at the very least, have worked together to create and manufacture a bioweapon, which is called SARS-CoV-2, which we know, in fact, uh, the, you know, the leading 
propaganda hawker in the world, Dr. Fauci, has been, uh, we have, I have it on video on my other channels of him talking about creating SARS-CoV-2 years ago, talking about creating a virus based on coronavirus, uh, bat coronaviruses in a lab in gain of function that has the potential to, you know, wipe out whole populations. He already talks about it. They've been working on it for decades. And um, at the Wuhan lab for coronavirus research, uh, they were creating this, uh, this bioweapon, which they did release back in 2020. And it has been, uh, it is going now today. We still on the news are hearing about SARS-CoV-2 or COVID. And um, as much as I would like to, I got to be honest with you, I, I would really love to be part of the, uh, the people who believe that there is no virus uh, and that it's all made up, except for the fact that, you know, um, it, it really doesn't work in their interest. You know, the only, the, the virus deniers really are attached to that and they're at odds with themselves because they are extreme conspiracy theorists and they really want to buy into the conspiracy, any conspiracy. So they're actually working against themselves, but they have an agenda, which is they cannot tolerate the thought of being, uh, they're afraid. Bottom line is they're afraid of anything harming them. And so they can't tolerate the thought that there are things like viruses and bacteria out there. And so it's not that they can't tolerate the thought of the government creating a virus because they would love that idea because they are, even though they're accurate about a lot of stuff, they are people that are plagued with victim mentality, but they're so afraid of something outside of them hurting them and other people hurting them that they can't tolerate the thought of a virus actually existing. So they take a very outdated, um, primitive uh, beginning of a scientific understanding about disease, which is uh, the uh, terrain theory. So in case you don't know, way back when, when we were discovering about uh, penicillin and learning about um, bacteria and viruses and things like that, um, there was another school of thought by a guy named uh, I, forget, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Beauchamp, Beauchamp, I don't know how it's, his name is pronounced. And he was a contemporary of, uh, I forget the guy's name, who discovered penicillin. In any case, uh, these guys were, uh, had, had completely different ideas about how disease was created. And the penicillin guy say, says that all disease comes from outside of you. It attacks you from outside. And so you need to take uh, lots of drugs and things like that to prevent yourself. And so that's what's basically, you know, probably one of the main things that started the whole, you know, drug revolution that we now, everybody lives on, on pharmaceutical and drugs. And the other side was, no, you don't get sick from things that attack you from outside of you. Your body creates it from its own toxic, you know, um, terrain. So they didn't have, you know, electron microscopes and they didn't have all that. So these guys were both guessing. Now, um, Bachamp was right about a lot of it. 
for instance, diseases like cancer, diabetes, things like that, are created from within the body. And if you have a healthy terrain, your immune system will keep out uh, viruses and bacteria. And it is possible, as many people we saw with COVID, you know, they were just completely bulletproof against it um, because their immune system works. It's what's, you know, little kids, their immune system works against uh, at least the, the earlier versions of COVID and they were, they were immune. So it's not that terrain theory is wrong. It's just not completely accurate. And it's not uh, that the, you know, the modern understanding of health is wrong either that, oh, it's everything that comes from outside of you makes you sick. It's a combination of the two. But unfortunately, the uh, the no virus people are, you know, they're cult members and they're taking Bashamp's uh, writings the same way that uh, religious cult leaders, you know, have to read from the King James version of the Bible. And the Bible is the truth, even though the world was not created in seven solar days, but it's written in the Bible. Therefore, it's true. And it's because they desperately need to believe in God and believe in Jesus. And so the virus deniers desperately, like a religion, need to believe that there is no such thing as viruses so that they can stop sucking their thumbs when they go to sleep at night, worrying about whether or not they're going to get sick. Um, so um, unlike those guys, our elites did create a Frankenstein of virus. And... Um, Again, I'm so bad at uh, remembering sources. I hear this stuff, you know, from actual scientists, and then I don't bother to write down their names and I forget it. But there are um, scientists out there who are uh, putting together the genome and are letting us know that the spike protein in the original SARS-CoV-2 um, virus the one that they created the vaccine for, which has the same spike protein, that spike protein has within it things uh, connected to AIDS, uh, the AIDS virus, and uh, connected to creating what's called prions. And if you know what prions are, uh, that's basically mad cow disease. You know, the people in parts of the world who uh, eat other humans, it, for some reason, if you eat humans and you're a human being, it will create prions. And then you end up with mad cow disease as well, which is brain encephalitis, where these prions go into your brain and starts eating your brain alive. And you become an idiot and um, you can't walk and all kinds of other stuff. And um, you know, this is a very real thing. You know, prion disease is a real thing. And um, the spike protein in SARS-CoV-2 was designed with those things to do exactly that. And that is the very spike protein that is in the mRNA vaccines, although it's slightly different. Now, the good news is these same scientists are saying that the variants uh, that are coming up in the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus actually have uh, gotten rid of those things, that the virus is getting rid of the artificial uh, nonsense uh, that our scientists put in there to tr turn it into a, a real bioweapon. And um, so that's why uh, the, the Omicron variant is, is a nothing burger. There's nothing there. I had it. And it was a, vi a very mild flu, probably the most, it wasn't a cold, it was a flu. 
and it was very mild. Uh, I was taking uh, a lot of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and uh, all the other stuff that I was supposed to be taking. And so um, at 58 years of age, you know, I was supposed to, I was in a higher risk category and all that. And I had a fever for a day or two, you know, a high fever. I don't know how high it was. I was shivering, you know, when I went to sleep. Um, and um, then I had uh, the tiredness that came with it, you know, the fatigue, uh, you know, I, the dizziness where I couldn't really, you know, I mean, if I shook my head too fast, I would get dizzy and just feeling, you know, really out of sorts and tired and had difficulty thinking and all the brain fog and all of that. But I had no sore throat and I had no cough. I had no other symptoms other than um, the um, the fatigue and the the fever. So it was a very mild case. And um, now I'm immune. And this is the stuff you're not hearing in the news is that once you get COVID, you're immune. If you get uh, the Omicron variant, you are immune, not only to any other new Omicron variants. Now on the the media, they're talking about the new variant and it's more transmissible. Yeah, but it's also just incredibly mild. It's a cold or a mild flu at best. And yeah, any of these viruses, uh, if anybody who has compromised immune system, anybody's going to end up in the hospital, whether it's the flu or whether it's, you know, a cold or whatever. You know, if you've got an old person in their 80s or 90s or somebody whose immune system is shot, any of these viruses is going to put them in the hospital. So this idea that, you know, that uh, Omicron is dangerous because you could end up in the hospital. Well, it's not going to any more dangerous than the flu. And while I'm on that subject, what the hell happened to the flu? Now, the virus deniers are going to use that to benefit them. I honestly don't know. Uh, my guess is that um, the flu didn't take hold because there was already this virus taking the place of the flu. By the way, do you know where the flu comes from? It comes from uh, the very kind of uh, place that uh, we believe that we believed, past tense, in the media, where COVID came from. And so if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't have the flu. So here's how the flu comes about. The reason why we have the flu virus every fucking year is because in Asia, they do have these wet markets. And in these wet markets, they have geese and pigs next to each other. Now, geese have avian flu virus. You've heard about the avian virus. Well, that's because that is a virus that birds have. Birds have a flu virus. And I have no idea if it makes them sick or if they're immune to it or whatever. But if you're next to a bird that has an avian flu virus, you're not going to get it because it doesn't transmit from birds to humans. Uh, it doesn't affect us. So you need some kind of a animal host that is uh, able to get the flu virus and then change that, mutate it so that it then can be transferred to humans. And that's what pigs do. That's the real reason why many cultures don't eat pigs. Because 
when you take these animals that are normally running around in the forest and you put them in pens next to other animals, then what ends up happening is you have this petri dish where these cross-species viruses can mutate and then humans can get it. So the reason why we get the flu every year, have you ever noticed you've heard about the Asian flu? There's the reason why they call it the Asian flu? Because it's very common in Asia for Chinese farmers to put pigs next to geese. And then guess what happens? The flu from the geese goes into the pigs. The farmer goes and takes a pig and slaughters the pig and the pig blood gets you know on his skin or in his eye or something. And the next thing you know, he's got the flu because it mutated in that pig. And then he's walking around, he coughs on somebody else and then it goes into the city and then somebody gets on a plane and comes over to New York. And then the next thing you know, the United States has, oh, the, this year's flu. And that's why even though you had the flu last year, you, get, you can get it next year because it's a different flu. It's a different virus. It's not the same virus anymore. But if we didn't put pigs in with uh, geese in the same pen right next to each other, you know, just separated by one little uh, metal fence, then we wouldn't have the flu. So what happened to the flu this year? The past couple of years, uh, there's no need for it because we've had the um you know a very uh virulent virus that did the job of the flu and that was called covid so i don't think you know people the virus deniers want to say oh there's no such thing as a virus what happened to the flu you know i mean i don't know what they think happens you know when these virus deniers get covid i don't know what they tell themselves they have but obviously viruses do exist anyway Enough of that horse. I'll stop beating that horse with a dead pig. Um, so uh, let's see. What I want to talk about next is, is so we're hitting herd immunity. We're, we're getting there. And the reason why, I mean, I, I'm in Florida, and Florida, like everywhere else, you know, has COVID. Um, but nobody's paying attention anymore. Nobody's wearing masks and um, I, my understanding is a lot of places nobody's wearing masks anymore. So I don't even know if what I'm seeing on the news is true about oh, the new and the UK. There's more COVID in the UK than ever before. And I don't know how true that is. But even if it was so fucking what it's 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 not even the flu. It's such a mild virus now. And what we really need to do is just let us reach herd immunity. They're telling us it's going to be endemic. I don't know if that's true or not. That assumes that it's going to keep mutating to the point where, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we won't have any immunity. But the latest studies that you're not hearing about in the news is that once you get COVID, you're done, especially if you've uh, already gotten the Omicron variant. Now, I'm perfectly ready to be wrong. I was wrong about how ivermectin would work for me. I thought if I took ivermectin, I would be bulletproof, but I wasn't. I was taking ivermectin. Bear in mind, I wasn't taking a huge amount, but I was taking enough to have it in my system, and I still got COVID. But perhaps it, it uh, did more than I thought because I didn't get any of the other symptoms. I knew people uh, like myself who were unvaccinated who got COVID, and they got really sick. 
and they got really sick and they were coughing for days and they were throwing out muscles in their back because they were coughing so much. And I didn't have any of that problem. I didn't have any cough. I mean, I think there was one or two days where I had a little bit of, you know, I had to clear my throat, <coughs> you know, for five minutes a day, but you know, it went away. I didn't have any sore throat. The only thing I had besides the fever was I had some pain behind my eyes, which frightened me at first because, ugh. but that happens with most um, viruses that give you flu-like symptoms because it gets into the uh, nasal passages and the nasal passages get inflamed and that causes uh, inflammation and pain. And so I woke up one day after about, I don't know, four or five days or something and my eyes hurt. And if I moved my eyes around, it really hurt. And um, it had been so long since I had the flu, I forgot that that's what happens when you get the flu as well, you know, that uh, your, your eyeballs hurt. And then every day that got a little bit better. And by, you know, 10 days into COVID, I was completely symptom free from everything and I was 100% better. Um, so I think ivermectin probably did something because at the very least, I didn't have a lot of the symptoms that um, my unvaccinated friends ended up getting when they got COVID. And now they're all uh, recovered as well. Every single one of you, if you've had uh, if you've had the Omicron version, you are good to go. Uh, you are you are immune from not only Omicron and any of the new Omicron variants. Because the other thing that you're not being told by the news is that every time the virus gets into anybody's body, your own body mutates it. Every single person mutates the virus. So this idea that these slight variants in the same um, you know, the slight uh, uh, changes in the same variant, you know, mean something. It doesn't mean anything. When you get your, when you get immune from having had COVID, it's not just one spike protein that your body uh, has immunity over. It's, I don't even know how many, 20, 30, 40 things, you know, uh, associated with the virus. You know, the, the proteins on the envelope of the virus, the spike proteins, the all kinds of other things. Your body has multiple ways of protecting you as opposed to the, uh, the even if we take the, um, the benefit of the doubt and give it to the vaccines, you know, one spike protein is, is the worst way of protecting yourself. You want a full spectrum uh, method of protecting yourself and that, you know, the best is uh, natural immunity. So anyway, bottom line is natural immunity is here if we just leave things alone, especially if we don't keep creating more variants with all of the booster shots because the booster shots and the vaccines are the ones that created all of these variants to begin with. Because the truth is, we know, I've shown this in videos before, from publicly available data that C the CDC uses, which they don't tell you about. But we were hitting herd immunity right as we introduced the vaccines. The vaccine uh, before the vaccine was introduced in April of 2021, uh, the death rate was dropping dramatically and the infection rate was dropping dramatically, which meant that we were reaching herd immunity. And then they introduced the vaccine and then 
deaths and transmissions, uh, case numbers went through the roof. They doubled, tripled, quadrupled because of the vaccine. And those vaccines uh, are what created the variants. But now that you've had that variant, which is a safer form of it, doesn't have the AIDS virus in it, then um, you're good to go. But you're not hearing that. And I think that's why I got banned from YouTube, because I think that's probably what I said. I probably said something along those lines, which actually comes from the CDC. And even though what I said was quoting what was coming from the CDC uh, studies, uh, YouTube said that I was giving out medical misinformation. Anyway. And now LinkedIn says I'm giving out medical misinformation. So let's see if I can get other podcast people to tell me that I'm giving out medical misinformation. All right. So here's another interesting thing. Movies. Movies that predicted the pandemic. This, this really boggles my mind. So um, there was a movie out. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I saw it recently on on Amazon, and it had to do with a virologist who creates a virus so that he can uh, destroy the human population's ability to procreate. And uh, the way he talked about it, um, just brilliant. And that was made, it was released just before the COVID um, pandemic hit. But I'm now watching another movie, which has another very interesting prediction in it. Uh, and that is a series um, right now that's playing on Amazon, which is called Counterpart. So if you haven't watched it, check it out. The whole thing isn't about a virus, but one of the themes in it is that there's these two, uh, that there's, a, there's a, an experiment where all of a sudden the timeline was split in two and these two identical worlds, you know, there's a gateway that they can uh, interact with. So um, one of the worlds creates a flu virus that wipes out 7% of the population of the other world. And so, you know, um, the, and, the, and then as you watch it, there's this intrigue about these guys creating this virus that they're going to release to kill the people in the other uh, reality, because as you find out, these two realities can't go coexist um, together very well. And the way they talk about it is like, wow, that's what we actually do have. We have these elite people who have knowledge uh, of, uh, you know, society and control over society in ways that the average person has no idea about. And they did. They, they've been openly in gain-of-function research, creating virus bioweapons that can destroy whole populations uh, and do things like, um, you know, uh, the, the, and again, the vaccine. Oh, and the, in, the, in this, there was one uh, scene where a woman in, in the other world that, uh, you know, apparently our world had given them um, a flu vaccine, a flu virus that we were immune to, but they weren't because of the slight variation in the two worlds. And um, it, uh, you know, wiped out, as I said, 7% of the population. And so after that, one of the persons in the other 
reality is watching a movie and there's this like public service announcement about wearing masks. And if you're around anybody that's sick, uh, you must get away from them and everybody needs to get inoculated. And if you don't get inoculated or if you are found to be around somebody who is sick, you will be arrested. And you know, it's like, oh, my God, that's exactly what's going on here. And this was made in 20 between uh, 2017 and 2019. So before. So it's interesting that, you know, writers um, of movies have some intuitive awareness of what was coming. That this pandemic really is a pandemic. It's a real virus that was created to control people, wipe people out, as well as get gain control of the world, as well as make billions and billions of dollars on the fear of people and mandating it. You know, that's the strangest thing. You know, they're the the uh, Drug companies are making billions of dollars off of you and me, even though we don't pay for it. You know, we don't have to go and pay to get the vaccine, but we do pay for it with our taxes. Billions of dollars. We, uh, through the government, we paid billions of dollars to the drug companies to create the vaccines. And then after we paid for them to create the vaccines, then we paid for them to sell the vaccines to our own government. So we paid them twice, and then the government forced it on us. Uh, if you don't get it, you, you can't work or you can't, whatever it is you, they, they tell you you can't do. And, uh, you know, and they don't have to pay for any advertisement. So, I mean, that they don't, you know, normally you would have to create a drug. You'd have to pay for the R&D to create the drug. Then you'd have to sell the drug and then you'd have to market it. And they don't have to do any of that. They have the government. They have Biden doing it for us. Not only are they, you know, Biden is and the media is out there telling everybody they should get the vaccine free uh, advertisement. But on top of that, you're mandated to do it. And then on top of that, there's the uh social crediting. If, you, if you're not telling uh, everybody how wonderful the vaccine is, then you're not a good person. And there's the virtue signaling. You're dirty if you're unvaccinated, even though you may, uh, like me, I'm immune to COVID, but because I'm unvaccinated, I'm dirty. I still see, you know, uh, on dating sites, you know, the virtue signaling. I've been vaccinated and don't, you know, swipe left if you're not vaccinated. I mean, and I, and I don't understand that. The whole idea of you getting vaccinated was to protect you from this virus. But now that you've been protected from this virus, you don't want to be around me because I'm unvaccinated because somehow I'm going to give it to you. And so the fact that I haven't been vaccinated is somehow going to get you sick. But the vaccination was supposed to keep you from getting sick. So the, the, this prejudice against the unvaccinated has nothing to do with the virus, it has everything to do with social credit. It has everything to do with being accepted in, uh, in society by the government, you know? And so what people are really saying is, you're not accepted in the government. Uh, the government hasn't approved your existence. And so because I desperately wanna be accepted by the government and other people, I can't be around you. And then of course they are afraid, which is so weird. Why should you be afraid you know, why does taking a vaccine make you more afraid of the thing that you're protected from? 
It's just so freaking backwards. And anyway, you all know that. I don't have to tell you what you already know. So uh, I was asking what happened to the flu. And uh, that's making me think, you know, we're, we are, without a doubt, we have hit herd immunity. We've already hit it. The fact that there's more people getting COVID is not a big deal um, because the people who've had it aren't getting it. So all these, supposedly all these new people getting COVID are people who haven't had it yet. And that number is dwindling every day. So every time you hear on the news, assuming that they're telling you the truth that, oh, so many more people are getting COVID. Well, that just means that's that each person that gets it is going to be another person that's never going to get it again. And eventually it's going to get to the point where there's just no, you know, there's not going to be any COVID because there won't be anybody to get it, to carry it. So uh, it's going to die out. At the very least, we're going to reach herd immunity and it'll become a nothing. It'll be the, you know, the, a cold or the flu. It'll be absolutely nothing. And um, so it makes me wonder what are they going to do? to keep it going because this is a cash cow. I mean, there. I, I saw a very frightening video because every day I check on Australia to see what's going on because I can't wait for them to pull their head out of their ass so that they will allow me to come and visit. First off, because I'm unvaccinated, I can't even go to Australia. I can't even get on a plane. If I try to get on a plane that's headed for Australia, the first thing they're going to do at the ticket counter is they're going to ask to see my proof of vaccination. If I don't have proof of vaccination, I will be denied entry onto that plane. And that's because Australia and New Zealand have both said that uh, nobody can come to their country if you're not uh, triple vaxxed, fully vaccinated, double vaccinated with a booster. If you don't have that, they won't let you in. Um, now, if some for some reason you end up getting there and you are unvaccinated, they have this wonderful thing called a COVID camp that they want to make you think is some kind of a day spa, but it's not. It's a bunch of um, portable buildings that are put up that, you know, little tiny rooms, you know, with a, a bathroom and a television and a bed and a tiny desk. And uh, you are uh, incarcerated in that little room. You can't leave for, I don't know what it is, two weeks or whatever it is. You can't leave. You are incarcerated in there. And um, there was, I heard of one family that had uh, some relatives in Ukraine, and they were able to get them uh, accepted as refugees, which is, uh, you know, good for them in Australia. So they get on a plane in Ukraine, and they, they're unvaccinated, and they fly over to Australia, and they get off the plane. They don't speak English. And the moment they get off the plane, they're asked to show their vaccination, and they don't have it. And so they are incarcerated. They're taken into custody. They don't speak English. So they think that they've just been captured by the Russians and then they're hauled off to one of these camps and they're put in their cells, you know, they're each of their little you know, rooms that they can't leave. And they're not even given any food because it's too late because the kitchen is closed. So they're, they're uh, confined um, in their cells without any food and they don't know what the hell's going on. That's what would happen if I were to get go there. They would put me in one of those 
camps, and I would have to pay for it. I'd have to pay a couple thousand dollars for the privilege of being incarcerated in a room for two weeks and not being able to leave and, um, you know, not being able to go out on my little porch without wearing a mask. I mean, it's just for for what? What? How would they, you know, and, and it's not like they've tested me and they've tested me that I have COVID. But even if I did, so what? COVID is going rampant. I don't understand what they're protecting themselves from. They're, it's 90% vaccinated. The country is 90% vaccinated. What are they protecting themselves from? And COVID is going rampant. How is one person, even if I had COVID, how is one person going to change anything? It's not like if I get off of the plane and I had COVID that I would somehow start this COVID pandemic. They've already got one going on. I wouldn't, you know, and they're all vaccinated. It's just obviously a big money thing. So in Australia, these COVID camps are built by the federal government. So, and it's a money thing because they charge me 2000 bucks. If, uh, if they're not charging me 2000 bucks and um, somebody's a citizen and they're put in the camp, then it's paid for by what? It's paid for by their own taxes. So they're, they're paying themselves you know, whatever it is, 2000 bucks every time they put somebody in one of these camps. If it's a foreigner, then they get money out of my pocket. So not only are the, is the government creating these camps, but in Queensland, there are also privately built camps. And there's a kind of a scandal surrounding that. So um, they and they the the premier, which is like the governor, the governor of the state of Queensland, will not reveal how much it cost or what the deal was that she made with this private businessman to create this for-profit COVID camp. So that's one of the reasons why I'm not holding out a lot of hope that they're going to change their mind about letting me go over there. On a, uh, you know, First off, even if they let me go in, they would put me in one of these camps for two weeks, which I just refuse to do, of course. Anyway, um, these kinds of things make me think, what are they going to do next? You know, Australia and New Zealand are the perfect, you know, just the perfect butt buddies. I mean, these people are, you know, these countries are following the program that they're, they've laid out perfectly. In fact, this was confirmed by Bill Gates himself. Somebody asked him, in some interview, you know, what do you think should be done? And he specifically cited Australia. And he said, well, if we responded the way Australia is responding, which means that, you know, they're forcing people to get vaccinated. The country is, you know, is is following what they're being told. 90% of them are being vaccinated. They have to do it if they want to have their jobs, if they want to go out in public. They're completely controlled by their media. They have a lot less uh, alternative media sources uh, available to them. Um, I the, One of the reasons I liked them when I first got there is because uh, where I was, there was, you know, it just, the society seemed to work really well and um, there wasn't, you know, I didn't see a lot of homelessness. In fact, I, saw, I think I saw one homeless guy the whole time I was there. And, um, you know, society ran really well and people were proud of their jobs, even if they were just, you know, what they call tradies, even if somebody was a, you know, um, construction worker, or you know, paved the streets, they were really proud of what they did for a living. And they had this great, 
um, uh, socialized medicine program. Everybody got, you know, uh, free health benefits and all that stuff was really great. And I thought, you know, this is a really good society. I really like it. And then I found out how socialist and controlled it was when early on in the pandemic, this was very early, bear in mind in Queensland where I was, uh, they had completely blocked themselves off from the rest of the world. So you couldn't get into Queensland if you were from a neighboring state. New South Wales, you couldn't come into Queensland. And obviously you couldn't come into Queensland if you were from a foreign country. So there was no COVID. Zero COVID. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Um, oh, uh, how it, it, became, it dawned on me how, how socialist the actual government was. And uh, when I found out there is no such thing as free speech in Australia, whereas, you know, here in the United States, supposedly we have free speech. Now, private media corporations, I guess, can do whatever they want and they can violate our free speech rights. They can lie to us. But we have the right to protest. We have the right to speak the truth, supposedly, you know, based on our Constitution. But they don't have that. They, they don't even have a constitution. Somebody even told me that, you know, when I had got there and said, be careful, you know, they don't have a constitution. And I eviscerated the guy and said he was a conspiracy theorist nutcase and, you know, stop watching Fox News, I said. Uh, but early on in the pandemic, um, I, f I heard a story because they started telling us, you know, they locked down very briefly, even though there wasn't any COVID. Um, and they said you could only have, you know, something like three people, or, you know, in your home. So you could only have, you know, a maximum of, of three non-residents in your home at one time, something like that, a really small number. And so somebody in the neighborhood had a small party where they had 10 people. They were very quiet. They all stayed indoors. You know, they didn't make a whole lot of noise, but they figured, you know, we're just going to have our friends over. They had 10 people over. And the next thing they knew, there's a knock on the door. And they go to the door and the police are there. And the police tell them, uh, everybody has to leave. You know, you're only allowed to have three people here. How many people are there? You know, and it turns out there was 10 non-residents. So they said, everybody has to leave. And after that, the guy asks the cop and he says, how did you know? And he says, oh, we have the ability to monitor all of uh, everybody's um, cell phones. So they can look, they can see somehow on some radar or something, they can see into your house and see how many cell phone signals there are. And if there is, you know, more cell phone signals in the house than, you know, there are uh, legal residents, they know that you have uh, people in there. So they were monitoring how many people were in your house. Uh, and as you know, that was a foreshadowing for, you know, Australia turned out to be one of the most um, seriously locked. In fact, you know, uh, a couple of cities, the cities of Melbourne turned out to be the most locked down uh, city in the world. And people were committing suicide because they couldn't leave their home. People would go out to the curb to, you know, empty their trash and they were getting uh, arrested for leaving their house, you know, because, you know, they went out, you know, after curfew or some crazy crap like that. 
I was lucky. I didn't have to have any of that because there was zero COVID in Queensland. So we didn't have all those lockdown measures, even though I had to wear a mask to go to the grocery store, which is just fucking ridiculous. Um, but um, anyway, I'm rambling on and on about that, but it makes me wonder what they're going to do next. You know, Australia is, you know, Australia is so fucking afraid of COVID. Uh, you know, anyway. So uh, they're pushing for a fourth dose. They're talking about a fourth dose and, you know, they're going to do it. They'll, they'll do whatever the fuck they, you know, their government tells them to do. There are people fighting it a lot more than we realize, but a lot of people are just completely just, uh, uh, you know, brainwashed over there. Anyway, um, I, I still want to go back there. That's still where I'm going to, I plan on spending the rest of my life there in the northern part of Sunshine Coast in Australia because it's the most beautiful, wonderful place. It's, my body is the happiest there. So I'm upset about it because even if I wanted to go live in a COVID camp for two weeks and pay for it, um, I couldn't even if I wanted to. So I'm hoping that they pull their head out of their ass sometime soon. All right, so what I'm wondering is, are they going to create a virus that's going to be ivermectin-proof? Because, again, they, you know, we can talk about all kinds of things. They don't have a problem about us talking about quercetin or um, vitamin D or vitamin C or all these other things that, that are good to prevent against, uh, help prevent against COVID. But they won't let you talk about ivermectin. So ivermectin really is their, you know, the silver bullet that... Uh, you know, that uh, gets rid of the COVID vampire. So th these guys are really afraid of ivermectin. So I'm wondering if they're going to create a new virus that's ivermectin-proof. I wonder if they're in labs in China right now trying to see if they can create a virus that ivermectin can't cure or help to prevent. That would be interesting. All right, so talking more about uh, the things I'm not supposed to talk about, let's talk about the narrative surrounding Russia and Ukraine and World War III. So we are hearing on ma mainstream media that Russia is the next evil empire and their, um, their invasion of Ukraine means an, you know, the next World War III. And I've seen on social media, you know, my friends who I've, tolerate but i don't talk to anymore because they're you know completely hypnotized they're, they're just repeating the memes on their facebook page that you know russia invades ukraine which means then that north korea is going to invade south korea which means that you know and so they're creating this scenario where you know it's going to create world war three and i mean that's just nonsense it's just complete nonsense. They're creating this narrative around Russia that Russia is, you know, um, has no reason to do what it's doing. And uh, so uh, you can't say anything, uh, you know, having any kind of neutrality. Like, you know, my understanding about this is I don't know because I'm not on the ground, so I don't know what's going on. But I know that a lot of the reports that we're getting in the media about, you know, I, I saw another one on YouTube from the Ukrainian president saying that Russians are coming in, raping women, killing uh, civilians, blowing up uh, every single civilian apartment building, that they're coming in here trying to kill civilians and rape them. And, you know, it was just like, 
um, you know, a really frightening sounding thing. Like Russians are the are are, are you know evil zombies that have no souls, and they don't, they don't have any. Uh, tactical reason for this invasion. It's just about to harm and kill innocent civilians. You know, that's that's the narrative that is coming out of uh, the Ukraine um, government. And I'm realizing that we've been set up for this. This the setup for this started with with um, with Trump. So I was part of the narrative a year ago. And I fully believed everything that I was told. I, like you, was told that uh, Trump won the election because he was being, um, because of fake news that Russia was um, orchestrating their intelligence system, their spies were creating this network of fake stories in the news, which was you know, all the the email scandals against Hillary Clinton and all the things, the negative things. This was coming from Russia. And then there was the investigation by Comey into um, whether or not uh, Trump was a Russian sleeper agent and, um, you know, all of that, all that stuff. And uh, Trump was saying this is fake news. And I remember being very upset and frightened about that because I believed in the integrity of the free press. I believed there was a free press and I believed that it was necessary to have a free press because I grew up in the age of Watergate where, you know, the free press actually uh, revealed corruption at the highest level of government and, um, you know, that President Nixon was doing all of these really horrible things and it was the free press that hipped us to that. And so I still believe that we had that. I didn't realize that since the 70s, which was a long time ago since I was a kid, that all of the news organizations have been bought up by the corporatocracy that is also uh, the same people who own the drug companies who now own the CDC. They've always owned the CDC and the World Health Organization and the FDA and the governments of the world. The media, the governments uh, are all owned by the same corporatocracy. And uh, listening to that, I, I sound like um, a conspiracy theorist that I would have been lambasting on my own channel. And I am a conspiracy theorist. There's nothing wrong with conspiracy theories if they happen to be true. And in this case, it happens to be true. I didn't know that. Now I do. So because I didn't know that, I was very frightened at this idea that Trump was an agent of a foreign enemy, Russia, and that Russia was trying to destroy our government from within and destroy uh, the integrity of our uh, free press from within. And so I, in my mind, made this connection between Trump and Russia. Trump was bad. Russia was bad. And now look what's happening. Uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine and for reasons I'll talk about in a second. And what is the media talking about? Talking about how horrible Russia is, that Russia is out to get us, that Russia is starting World War III, that Russia is bombing innocent civilians and raping innocent civilians. Now, I don't know. In war, I'm willing to accept the reality that innocent civilians 
are killed. But a lot of the reports that we're getting, you know, there were some specific reports about, you know, some isolated Ukraine installations that were overrun and destroyed and the, the people were rounded up and killed indiscriminately. And we find out that the opposite was true, that the Russian troops showed up and said, hey, guys, come with us and we'll um, we'll put you someplace safe. And then they were allowed to either go to Crimea or other places like that where they would be safe. And uh, they, these Ukrainian troops were saying, no, actually, the Russians were very kind to us and they helped us out. But you don't hear that. You're hearing the opposite. You're seeing, as it turns out, you're seeing footage from video games, you know, of a fighter jets flying overhead, dropping bombs and huge explosions, and they're actually coming from video games or from other places in the world. And it's being presented to you as this is live happening in Ukraine. So we don't, I don't know. I don't know what the reality is. But I'm quite certain that the president of Ukraine who said that, that Russian troops are indiscriminately coming in and frothing at the mouth, raping Ukrainian women and blowing up buildings and killing civilians indiscriminately. I don't believe any of that. Does that mean that innocent civilians aren't getting killed? Of course they are. Uh, are there real refugees? Of course there are. Is there a humanitarian crisis? There always is in a war. So now, you know, this idea that we're being told in the West here is that that Russia is unprovoked in this war. And that's not true. Because Ukraine, before the fall, if I understand my history correctly, and I might not have it 100%, but based on what I, I uh, remember, Ukraine, as you know, was part of the Russian bloc during uh, um, the Soviet era, along with a lot of other Eastern European countries. But Ukraine especially... You know, in fact, I remember in the 70s, I thought that Kiev was part of Russia. That's how close Russia and Ukraine were back during the Soviet era. I thought Ukraine was just another part of Russia. That's the way it was presented. That's the way they identified themselves. And that was me as a little kid not knowing or caring about anything having to do with history. And uh, I've learned a lot since then. And so you're being told that Russia out of nowhere for no reason other than bloodlust and wanting to conquer the world has attacked their neighbor the same way that uh, Hitler attacked Poland and other places like that because he wanted to just conquer as many uh, countries as possible and um, create a, an empire that didn't exist before. Um, but as I've told you in previous videos and transmissions here that uh, the birthplace of the Russian Empire is the capital of Ukraine, Kiev. Kiev is the birthplace of the Russian Empire. It was called the Kiev Rus, Russia. The people who lived there were the Kiev Rus. And then there was the, you know, then later, uh, there was some some family squabbles and some Kiev Rus went off to Moscow and created a new 
uh, capital for the Russian people, which was Moscow instead of Kiev. But the truth is, is that Ukrainian and Russian languages are the same language. There's slight variations. There's just a slight variation in the same language. You know, if somebody speaks Ukrainian and somebody speaks Russian, they can talk to each other and they'll completely understand each other in the same way that, you know, if I talk to somebody from uh, a hillbilly in the south, even though he uses arcane, strange things and has a different accent, I understand exactly what he's saying and he understands me. It's the same idea. So this idea that Ukraine is some completely different ethnic, cultural, linguistic place that's always been um, independent of Russia is false. There's always been this strong social, religious, political, linguistic, historical connection going back to the very first beginnings of Russia. So there's that. You're not being told that. You're also not being told that um, Ukraine uh, and Russia, uh, despite, you know, even though, as I said, they're, all, they're connected in this really strong way, um, that it would be a complete shift in the balance of power if Ukraine were to become a member of NATO. And NATO has been aggressively aggressively um, trying to recruit Ukraine. Why? Because then NATO would have direct access to the border of Russia and Russia would be even further isolated. So you think about it now. I mean, you know, we got really bent out of shape when um, the Soviets tried to put missiles in Cuba. But we've already got missiles pointed at them from various NATO countries in Europe. And so uh, Ukraine is a huge country. And so if that became a NATO country, then we would essentially have uh, conquered a huge swath of Russian uh, influenced land, and we would be able to put missiles and armies and tanks and spies right on the border to Moscow, right on the border there. So They've been saying for the longest time that we don't want Ukraine to be part of NATO. And I don't know what the politics is there. I, I don't know if there's any um, corrupt scenario going on between the Ukrainian government and NATO countries. I have no idea. But it wouldn't surprise me if there were. It also doesn't surprise me if Ukraine wants to separate and become its own thing. You know, it, it, there's, it's, there's a nuance here. But Russia did not invade Ukraine for no reason just because they got a bug up their ass and they've decided they want to take over the world. There's all kinds of things associated with uh, oil and gas and natural resources. And the idea, if you really think about it, is that Russia is becoming more and more isolated. You know, they're, they're really, you know, not part of Europe anymore. You know, uh, they're... they're this no man's land between Europe and China. So, you know, they're not the Soviet bloc. They're not this big empire that has all of these resources. Uh, they, they're now just, you know, Russia is a huge country, don't get me wrong. But they're becoming more and more isolated. And, um, you know, if, if the situation were reversed, the U.S. would have gone to war a long time ago. So these guys 
you know, are just simply trying to protect their own border, their own sphere of influence, what little they have left. They don't want Ukraine to become part of Russia. They just don't want Ukraine to become part of NATO. And that's what the negotiations are about. So, the, the, you know, Russia is saying we'll end the war. They're trying to negotiate and get Ukraine to agree that they won't become part of NATO, that they won't house the enemy. And this isn't part of the discussion. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that Putin is a good guy. He's, uh, he's a narcissist and he's a, a dictator and he does all kinds of nasty things. But... You know, he's not the only one in the world. I mean, uh, uh, Trump was right. You know, when somebody said something about how horrible Putin was and Trump said, yeah, well, what about us? We're not so great either. And it's true. You know, we've done far worse. We've invaded far more countries within, you know, Russia's backyard than they have to us. When was the last time Russia invaded anywhere, anywhere near the United States? They haven't. You know, this is the first time in a long time, you know, they invaded Crimea, but Crimea is part of Ukraine and it was a Russian dominant part of Ukraine. So they were just, again, protecting themselves uh, a little bit at a time. And this is the next thing, but it's not, you know, they're not going to go invade Ukraine and then they have nothing to gain by then invading the rest of Europe. They have nothing to gain by that. So this World War III uh, was uh, fueled by the media, starting with, starting with the fake news about Trump. And it was fake news. And I am more surprised than anybody. But now it's public record that uh, the Hunter Biden scandal, where, you know, I thought it was fake news that Russia implanted this fake news saying that Hunter Biden had some scandalous material on his laptop saying that he was getting some clandestine money from Ukraine to help his dad get elected, uh, whatever it was. Turns out that's 100% true. And nobody's talking about that. It turns, turns out that the DNC and Hillary Clinton did, in fact, uh, fake uh, intel about Trump colluding with Russia, that Trump was right the whole time. I didn't believe him when he said it's fake news. There is no Trump-Russia collusion. I didn't believe him. But it turns out to be true. There is no Trump-Russia collusion, uh, at least what he was accused of. There wasn't any. And so what was happening was is that the media was trying and did. It succeeded with me. It was trying to get me afraid of Russia and me afraid of Trump so that I would equate Trump and the Republicans with Russian uh, spies and Russia taking over our government. And, you know, I still have a friend. I stopped talking to him because I just couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. But he was just going off about I mean, he was triple vaxxed. This was, you know, six, eight months ago. He was triple vaxxed. And he you know, and I was telling him, you don't understand. There's this thing called ivermectin that actually cures and prevents covid. Tens of thousands of people are being denied it. It's against the law, you know, and, and against uh, policy of hospitals. They won't give people ivermectin. They will let them die of COVID first. And I said, every single person that's not being uh, at least offered ivermectin in the hospital 
and is dying as a murder victim, and why isn't that bothering you? And he would say, well, you know, I don't know about that, but you know what's really bothering me is this whole idea of Trump and Russia taking over out, you know, he's still buying into it. He's been so programmed. And this started during the election campaign. This was, this, the elites were setting us up to want to go to war. And what we're not being told is that the media wants us to go to war with Russia. We're afraid of World War III, but the media is trying to create World War III. The media is trying to get us to team up with Ukrainian Nazis and go to war with, uh, with Russia. And this started way back when with um, you know, the, the whole Trump-Russia scandal quote unquote. Anyway, so uh, bottom line is I don't trust any any news information anymore. I don't know what's true and what's not. So uh, that's it for me on this rant. Uh, again, uh, go to thunderwizard.com, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, and uh, go to the new channel that I've just created, which is Mahadeva Speaks. And um, yeah, Go check out uh, thunderwizard.com if you want to support this channel. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it and let me know that you've subscribed so that I know that it's worth my time to put energy into this. If you want to hear me give you my understanding of what the hell is really going on in the world that I can't say on any of the big uh, uh, social media nonsense that I have to be a part of. By the way, I mean, I would drop my YouTube channel in a second if I thought there was someplace else I could go and get the same amount of traffic and keep my business going. So uh, if you want to keep me uh, doing this, then support this and support uh, the channel. And of course, go to thunderwizard.com and subscribe. All right, that's it for me now. I wish you all the best. I will see you guys all very soon. I'm now looking for my little end video. Where was it? Open recent that. That's what I want. All right. Take it easy. I'll see you guys very soon. Take back your soul. This is another transmission from Mahadeva here at thunderwizard.com headquarters where you find the world's only unified spiritual energy system at thunderwizard.com. Get ready because here I come.